Part four, chapter thirty four of Martin Schuler by Romer Wilson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Part four, Schwarzwald, chapter thirty four. The house in the Königstrasse was a marvel of simple beauty, such as the French and Viennese alone understand. It was furnished without the aid of any art furnishing company here in a lofty room large enough for a queen's antechamber decorated with stately curtains of blue silk and beautiful plaster moulding furnished with a vast polished wood writing-table an orange brocade divan several chairs and a full-size grand piano count von schuler finished his best and most beautiful work that winter he had received the nobel prize because the world thought his day was over and that having brought gay happiness to millions of human beings he deserved the reward for benefiting mankind the emperor gave him a countship partly to thank the swedish nation and to show that he himself patronized the arts the change of place and the accident of public honor had a great effect upon him as it frequently has upon sensitive people all of the past four years martin schuler left behind him at his villa by the lake he took away nothing with him except the manuscripts of the peahens for the first weeks that he spent in his new and beautiful home he sat still and silent seeing nobody but his secretary and his friend and going out infrequently to look at the city at the end of three weeks he roused himself hired a music secretary and a copyist and began to make the final effort necessary to the accomplishment of his task he sat at work for weeks together his health got worse every day but every day as the years fell upon him for in a week he lived a twelvemonth he became more calm more dispassionate patient and kind he sat steadily writing and gazing into the past his creative intellect was at rest his selective intellect his extraordinary technical powers which throughout all his work had been amazing and his memory alone were at work he wrote entirely from the memory of his dreams and from the copy of those visionless thoughts that in the past years had with pain and labor expressed themselves under his hand the vision of his peahens was far off and dark as if reflected in the water of the lake but he had not the slightest difficulty in perceiving it in hearing those few sounds that he still wished to hear he worked with a sense of coordination and of artistic balance he was making of his absolute genius a perfect and supreme expression throughout the days of his creation he had thought mainly of the life yet always of the form when the form lay ready under his hands for the last compression he thought mainly of the form yet always of the life as before the form had been continuously before his eyes so now the life was continually in his mind everything was smooth and easy for the selective power was one of those gifts with which he had been born in march he sat for another three weeks doing nothing but stare into the fire and from time to time call to the secretaries they came frequently and showed him copies of the score he would not allow a blemish or a correction to spoil those sheets they thought him very fussy and tiresome for three weeks he sat and shuddered by the fire wrapped up in a rug with a large cat upon his knees he shuddered not from cold but from weakness and fatigue wolf had found the cat straying upon the stairs and martin had appropriated it wolf wanted the cat himself as a pet but he gave it up to martin whom he felt that he had lost altogether that winter 
at the end of this time martin's chief secretary came to him with a clean bundle of manuscript and said that is all herr count martin wrote his name upon the first and last sheets and ordered him to ring the bell when the footman appeared he said tell all to come while they were coming he took from his pocket werner's old manuscript and his own first draft that he had made five years before in the villa he had a vision of the villa standing upon the march snows among the trees of the forest like an empty box the servants all appeared following wolf and sophie who thought that he must be going to die there he sat with a cat upon his knees looking quite different from his former self gentle kind and simple when sophie came to him he took her hands and looking down at his manuscript which was beside him on a chair said it is finished an emotion carried her away and communicating itself to wolf left them both speechless and still martin evidently did not notice it he turned his head to the servants and said in slow and emotional tones i have finished my work to-day do you all finish yours and take a holiday may you all be blessed the butler smiled at the footman shrugged his shoulders and looked at the chef they knew perfectly well that to forsake the house all at once for a day's joy was impossible in a minute martin said and now i want the car i want to go to the photographer's i want to go out to a cafe and do you cook make me a feast for friday for twenty persons he took sophie and wolf with him in the car and carried the cat in his arms who with sleepy superiority was not in the least affected by anything that went on after visiting a photographer's they went to tea at a new and fashionable cafe where everybody stared at them and particularly at sophie who wore as usual the most beautiful clothes after this they went to an exhibition of paintings in a curious black and white gallery where each picture was hung in a panel of fluted grey silk before some were little statuettes upon white wooden pedestals before others painted wooden flowers and painted wooden bowls a peasant madonna had imitation candles dripping simulated wax on each side of her martin liked this exhibition he thought it extraordinary that people could do such wonderful things for it was years since he had seen anything of the kind upon friday night he gave a dinner party to which he invited from berlin the countess von ardstein hirschner and konstanz together with many of his old friends to his great joy his photographs came back at five o'clock and he spent an hour fussing over their choice and tying them up with white paper and ribbons to give to his guests he made the cook tell him all there was to eat and the butler all there was to drink he ordered a grotesque amount of flowers and tokens of sweets from the best shops that night at the beginning of dinner he presented the finished score of his peahens formally to sophie who publicly kissed it among a thousand handshakes glass raisings and compliments everybody was ecstatic over the photographs am i not a magnificent old fellow cried martin the guests all agreed and his long health was drunk may you live for ever and ever cried sophie with dramatic feeling and everybody echoed yes for ever and ever our immortal singer they cried this rather because they loved him and because the atmosphere suggested it than because they had all suspected what the peahens were like End of Part 4, Chapter 34 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine